Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, and we start with local news. The Murray County Fire Department responded to a reported fully involved house fire on Graham Road on Saturday, March 11th at 5.11 p.m. Responding units included engines 1, 3, 10, and 12, tankers 1, 3, 6, and 12, district chiefs 1 and 3, and the chief of the department. Units arrived to find fire throughout the home and commenced with defensive fire operations. All occupants were able to safely evacuate the home. Murray County Fire Department operated for more than three hours in the rain to extinguish and overhaul the structure. Whenever the city's roads next need a good plowing due to the snow, the trucks used will feature new names created by citizens, four of them local elementary students. The City of Columbia held a contest to name the four new snowplows. Of the four student winners, the top number of votes went to Serenity Cowan of Highland Park Elementary School, who also received the most overall votes for her entry. It could be that Cowan's entry is typically the first thought on most kids' minds when they see a fresh white blanket of frost outside. She named it School's Out. The additional three students selected included Evie Neelig of J.R. Baker Elementary School for her entry, Bessie, Reina Gutierrez of Riverside Elementary School for Sir Scrapes-A-Lot, and Sophia Morris of J.E. Woodard Elementary School with Blizzard of Oz. All ten winners were officially announced this week at Columbia City Council. This was not only a chance to be recognized by the mayor, vice mayor, and council members in a public forum— but it also shed light on just how big of a response the contest received during its first year. Mayor Chaz Mulder commented, saying how encouraging it was seeing so many young people not only participate, but take the opportunity to learn about an important aspect of their local government. It was also a chance for the winners to visit City Hall and get the first-hand experience when it comes to what goes on in a public meeting. This was really Fun to watch, and I love seeing public works contributing community-wide, Mulder said. Again, any time you bring someone young into this building, I think, is a good thing to do. And tonight, we saw a lot of them. There's just something special about that, he said. Public Works Administrative Assistant Donna Osmond said she and the department's staff were blown away by the number of responses once the contest began taking entries back in January. I had absolutely no idea it was going to take off the way it did, Osmond said. When we posted this on our social media and started getting the information out, we had entries start pouring in. We ended up with over 600 entries, and the schools really showed up and showed out, she said. Osmond added that the voting process was conducted by Public Works staff, who took part in a blind vote where all the attached participant names were removed, leaving only the suggested names submitted. In addition to having a Having named a crucial piece of equipment in the event of snowy or icy weather, Public Works Director Jeff DeWire said his staff plans to celebrate with the schools once the snowplows are labeled. We plan to take those vehicles out to the respective school that won to visit that student, have photos made, and so on, DeWire said. The full list of winning entries include, uh, including those that we already mentioned, Amy Borum's suggestion was Sleetwood Mac, Holly Goats had The Snow Mule, Kathy Harper, Scoop Dog, Maureen Galley, Plow Chicka Plow Wow, 
April Paul with Snowforce One and Cassandra Payne, Han Snolo. The excitement is building only weeks away from Mule Day, the annual celebration and time-honored tradition held in Columbia the first weekend of April. This year's family-friendly event, sent for March 30th through April 2nd, promised to be promises to be one of the biggest and best yet, with a lineup of activities sure to excite visitors of all ages. The highlight of the festivities is the world-famous Mule Day Parade happening September, April, I'm sorry, Saturday, April 1st, led by this year's Grand Marshal, Mike Wolf. Mike Wolf is an expert forager of American history who created and stars on History Channel's American Pickers. He has a real heart for preservation and a passion for the beauty and stories behind forgotten objects and places. Columbia, Tennessee earned the title of Mule Capital of the World many years ago. In the days before cars and tractors, people came from all over the country to buy, sell, and trade mules in Columbia. Years later, people still gather in Murray County to pay tribute to the long-eared beast of burden. Mule Day began as Breeders' Day in the 1840s, a single-day livestock show and mule market once a year. It evolved into a multi-day festival, and the parade was added in 1934. Mule Day was discontinued during the time of World War II, but the Murray County Bridle and Saddle Club revived it in 1974. Since then, Mule Day has drawn hundreds of thousands of visitors every year. On Thursday, March 30th, Murray County Park opens at 10 a.m. to kick off the Mule Day festivities. The schedule includes many mule-featured events throughout the day, such as the Mule Pull Competition, where teams of mules and their handlers compete to see which team can pull the heaviest load. Visitors will also enjoy craft vendors, a flea market, special entertainment, and tasty food and drink options. Live bluegrass music takes the stage at 7 p.m. at Central High School, located next to Murray County Park. On Friday, March 31st, gates open at 10 a.m. again with live music on the main stage, an entertaining selection of mule-featured events all day, and a liars contest at 7 p.m. at Central High School. On Saturday, April 1st, the highly anticipated Mule Day Parade gets underway at 11 a.m. in downtown Columbia. Excitement builds for the arrival of the Grand Marshal, this year's honored guest Mike Wolf, who officially kicks off the parade featuring a colorful procession through the streets of Columbia with hundreds of mules, parade floats, the Mule Day Queen with her court, and more. After the parade, activities move to Murray County Park once again for an afternoon of scheduled activities. On Sunday, April 2nd, is the final day of scheduled events happening at Murray County Park, such as the Riding Mule Show and the Mini Mule Show, not to mention the family-friendly attractions. Whether you are a longtime fan of Mule Day or a first-time visitor, this year's event promises to be an unforgettable experience, so save the date, gather your friends and family, and head to Columbia, Tennessee for Mule Day 2023. Here's your need-to-know information. Admission to Murray County Park Mule Day activities Thursday through Saturday is $10 per person. Sunday is $5 per person. Children under 12 are free. Weekend passes are available for only $20. Admission fee does not include rides. Parking is free. The Mule Day Parade in downtown Columbia is free, of course, and open to the public. For more information, you can go online to www.muleday.com. Or you can email info at muleday.com for more information, or you can call 931-381-9557.
A high-stakes battle over a private company's efforts to bring a large-scale trash disposal complex to a federally designated Superfund site along the Duck River is heading into yet another round. Louisiana-based Trinity Business Group first filed an application with the state in June for their proposal which was 1,300 acres waste complex in Murray County. The company used a permit process that required no immediate public notice, and their plans escaped attention for months. After an alert local resident noticed activity at the site and discovered the plans, county leaders sprang into action. The 5,000-acre property is the former home of the Monsanto Chemical Company, which mined phosphate, manufactured fertilizer, and, for a time, chemical warfare agents that has since received federal designation as a Superfund site due to hazardous materials lurking under the soil. The Murray County Commission enacted new zoning rules that limit all industrial activity within 1,000 feet of the Duck River. They also enacted the Jackson Law, a proactive measure Tennessee local governments may adopt to exert local control over any new or expanding landfills. Nearby, officials in the city of Columbia reviewed their own records, finding their own Jackson Law applied to the rural property. Local residents thought the fight was over, but Trinity Business Group isn't done. The company is now claiming that neither county zoning laws nor local Jackson laws apply to a new or and even larger plan to install landfills on the rural property, according to a January letter to the county solid waste board that, like their original plan, wasn't made public for months. We didn't know about this until a week ago, said Gail Moore, a longtime Murray County resident who is among those organizing opposition to the proposal. It's scaring us to death. The fact that Trinity believes they can disregard all the rules and regulations is, honestly, making us all crazy, she said. The company, which did not respond to a request for comment on Friday, now proposes to build two landfills on the property, one for household trash and a second for construction and demolition waste. Their plan also calls for accepting compost waste, metal salvage, old tires, and other waste operations, along with a solar farm. The company describes plans for the so-called Star Hill Eco Park operation at the former Monsanto property as the ideal location at the perfect time. All of Middle Tennessee, including the Murray-Marshall region, is on the verge of a waste disposal crisis due to facility closures that have either occurred or are soon to occur, the company's proposal says. The Star Hill Eco Park represents the perfect opportunity and timing to address the looming landfill crisis in the Marshall-Murray region and in Middle Tennessee, the letter states. Trinity's new proposal argues that the property is exempt from local control that the Jackson Law imposes because it has long contained a small landfill. The Jackson Law applies to new landfills, new classes of landfills, and landfill expansions. And it argues that the property is exempt from the new local zoning rules keeping operations away from the Duck River because the state's Non-Conforming Property Act that protects ongoing industrial operations from being subject to new local rules. The company's letter also reminds the Marshall Murray County Municipal Solid Waste Planning Region Board that it only has the authority to deny the plan if it is inconsistent with a master solid waste planning document. The company argues that its plan is consistent, citing the need outlined in the master plan for future waste disposal options for county residents. The protracted dispute comes amidst ongoing questions in counties across Middle Tennessee about what to do with trash going forward. A battle in Rutherford County over Middle Point Landfill, which accepts household trash from a third of Tennessee's 95 counties, leaves uncertain where cities and counties will send their household trash in the future. 
A separate dispute between operators of Southern Services Landfill in North Nashville and city leaders have limited the destinations for construction debris. For local residents who rely on the Duck River for drinking water, agriculture, and recreation, the efforts to establish a 1,600-acre waste site in rural Murray County has raised environmental concerns. I don't want 38 counties worth of trash being trucked into Murray County to a Superfund site next to the Duck River, said Stephanie Sparks Newland, a public school teacher who has lived in Murray County for three decades. I get it. They see where the gold is and it's garbage, but we just don't want to be poisoned, she said. Meanwhile, a bill in the Tennessee legislature would designate the stretch of the Duck River that includes, along the Monsanto property, a Class II scenic river, a state designation that includes prohibitions of certain developments along its banks, among them a landfill. Representative Scott Sapicki said the effort had nothing to do with any proposed plans along the river, but would simply extend the scenic designation already in place along parts of the duck even further. That's my intent with this bill, he said, to protect water for future generations. Columbia residents will soon find another option for coffee as well as energy-boosting drinks to help fuel the daily grind. Dutch Bros Coffee, one of several new stores in Tennessee, is now being constructed on James M. Campbell Boulevard, a drive through only store where popular burger joint Fat Moe's used to sit. A future Dutch Bros location in Spring Hill was also approved by Alderman last month. Offering craft coffee and colorful customizable energy drinks, Northwest-based Dutch Bros Coffee, founded in Oregon by brothers, has a running tally of 671 locations across 14 states. Designated Broistas serve up a menu of more than 10,000 drink combinations with names like Rain Bro, the Aftershock, and the colorful Shark Attack with sugar-free options. Espresso bar offerings will include popular choices like the German Chocolate Mocha. Dutch Bros does not have a known opening day set at this time, according to Columbia Development Services Director Paul Keltner, though construction is nearly completed on this 975-square-foot building. The new drive through coffee shop would serve to spread out the early morning coffee dash and likely bring some relief to other James Campbell coffee locations, such as Starbucks, Cabin Coffee, and the licensed Starbucks store inside the nearby Kroger. Those who prefer Fat Moe's can still find a juicy burger at the restaurant's new location at 502 South James Campbell Boulevard. Future Dutch Bros locations are coming soon to Murfreesboro and Smyrna. Changes continue for the commercial area on the boulevard as the former Silver Screen Videos building across from Kroger is in the process of demolition. Keltner said that a Take 5 oil chain shop will be constructed on its location. The Dutch Bros website has a link to job opportunities. For more information, visit www.dutchbros.com. Murray Alliance is kicking off their 2023 Breakfast with the Mayor series in Spring Hill with Mayor Jim Hageman. This series will feature a different mayor each quarter on their home turf for a question-and-answer session led by Murray Alliance President Will Evans. The event with Mayor Hageman will take place in the dining atrium at Worldwide Stages on Wednesday, March 22nd at 8 a.m. To submit a question or topic in advance, you can email nperry, that's n-p-e-r-r-y, at murrayalliance.com. Tickets are $20 for members and include breakfast. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Catherine Lindsay Bolton, 89, a resident of Trotwood Avenue, died Saturday at Brookdale. 
Funeral services for Mrs. Bolton will be conducted on Wednesday at 11 a.m. at First United Methodist Church in Columbia. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home and on Wednesday from 10 a.m. until service time at the church. Mr. Samuel Jesse Bettingfield, 90, a retired employee of Bell South and a resident of Columbia, died Sunday, March 12th at Brookdale Assisted Living. Funeral services for Mr. Bettingfield will be conducted Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. A graveside service will be held on Wednesday at 4 p.m. at Kirkland Cemetery in Lincoln County. Mr. Virgil Haney, 87, a resident of Sunset Lane, died Saturday, March 11th at his residence. Funeral services will be conducted on Thursday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Allen Cemetery in Caney Springs. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 5 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Ms. Grayson Carol Mabry, 55, a retired counselor for J.E. Woodard Elementary, died Saturday, March 11th in Nashville. Funeral services for Ms. Mabry will be conducted Thursday at 3.30 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 4 to 7 p.m. at the funeral home. Mr. Daryl Vinson, 69, a former resident of Columbia and a resident of Roswell, Georgia, died Tuesday, March 7th in Georgia. Funeral services are incomplete at this time and will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies today with a high of 48 degrees. Winds will be out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect a clear sky and a low of just 22 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. Throughout the country, buried pipelines are indicated by a pipeline right-of-way. A long, wide stretch of grass cleared of trees and marked with signs. If you have a right-of-way near your home, do not plant anything in it or dig in it. Do not install a fence or build your kids a super cool fort without first getting the pipeline operator's approval. For more on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. A federal judge has ruled that a lawsuit brought by the state's ex-vaccine chief against two of Tennessee's top health officials will go to trial on May 8th. The ruling on Friday clears the way for a jury to consider whether the reputation of Dr. Michelle Fiscus, former medical director of the state's Vaccine Preventable Diseases and Immunization Program, was deliberately smeared by state officials amid political backlash over her efforts to provide guidance around vaccines for children during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
The jury will have one key question to decide, whether Fiscus is entitled to a name-clearing hearing at which she and state officials will have a public airing about the circumstances leading up to her firing in July of 2021. It's also possible the case could be settled before then, Chris Smith, the attorney representing Fiscus, said after the hearing. In ordering the case set for a five-day trial, Chief Chief District Judge Waverly Crenshaw Jr. denied competing requests from Fiscus and the state for summary judgment, declining to rule on the case from the bench with the legal filings already before him. There are too many facts in dispute, Crenshaw said. Fiscus filed suit in September of 2021 against her former bosses, Dr. Dr. Lisa Piercy, then head of the Tennessee Department of Health, and Dr. Tim Jones, its medical director. Piercy has since left state government. The lawsuit initially sought monetary damages, a claim the judge later dismissed after finding state officials of qualified immunity as a result of their elected positions. The lawsuit focuses on the set of circumstances leading up to Fiscus's firing. Fiscus had circulated a memo in the state's health care providers to the state's health care providers in the weeks before she was fired about the state's so-called mature minor doctrine outlining when health care providers are allowed to give vaccines to adolescents without their parents permission. Soon afterwards, Republican leaders contacted the department to complain. Days after her firing, health department officials made her personnel file available to news outlets in response to public records requests. The file contained a memo that pointedly criticized Fiscus's performance with allegations that her attorneys called false, slanderous stuff in court. The memo suggested Fiscus had improperly directed state funding to a nonprofit she created and circulated the memo about the mature minor doctrine without permission from her bosses. The nonprofit, Immunized Tennessee, was similar to those already operating in other states, did not include Fiscus on its board or its payroll, and Fiscus had previously been praised by her boss for taking the initiative to create it, court filing said. The mature minor memo was created with the assistance of a health department lawyer on the department's senior leadership team, court documents noted. The Fiscus termination memo, which was widely reported, subjected Fiscus and her family to public scorn, angry social media posts, and voicemail messages, including one played in court on Friday. If not for state officials' decisions to create the memo and then place it in Fiscus's personnel file, a public record under Tennessee law, we wouldn't be here, Smith said in court. State attorneys on Friday contended the termination memo contained only factual statements and noted it was not voluntarily published, a legal requisite for a name-calling hearing to be convened. The memo was made public only after reporters requested copies of Fiscus's personnel files following her firing. Stephanie Bergmeier, senior assistant attorney general, reasserted the state's uh, argument that the mature minor memo was circulated without senior health department officials' approval and disputed claims that Fiscus had suffered any reputation harm, noting that Fiscus had received job offers after her termination and that she currently holds a position in Virginia. The examples produced in court of community backlash, the voicemail and a critical tweet, is clearly not indicative of the community, Bergmeier said. Neither Fiscus nor state health department officials were present in the U.S. Middle District Court on Friday. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Darius Rucker will tour this summer, ending in Nashville at Ascend Amphitheater on October 14th. Starting Fires Tour will be kicking off June 15th in Virginia. Special guests will be Drew, Hol- Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, with rising star Drew-, Drew Green as direct support on select dates. Tickets go on sale to the general public beginning this Friday, March 17th. For more information, visit DariusRucker.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.